What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast, episode number 20. Today, I am joined by Prince. Hey there. And Ace. Hello. So, it's maybe a slightly short episode, but that usually means crap when we say that, so who knows. Um, let's jump into what we've been up to. Prince, what have you been doing? Uh, just trying to focus and finish World of Final Fantasy for me. Uh, I managed to finish the main plotline, or at least the first run of it. Um, I don't think it's uh, spoilery to say that this is one of those games where it's they give you an ending and it's a question mark, and then there's more. You have to wrap it up properly. Uh, and by uh, that, you mean you have to catch all the Pokemans? Yeah, pretty much. One of those situations yeah. where you can finish it. Like It's kind of like, um, you know, maybe it's a sour example to choose, but I'm thinking Arkham Knight. You can finish it very easily, and then they say, okay, go and actually do do your job now and um, yeah. clean up the city or collect all the Pokemons um, and then report back and fin- get a proper ending that you deserve after that. Um, That's and a huge pain. <laughs> yeah, it was perhaps a bad example because nobody really liked that. In- well, I liked it. I did all that stuff anyway. So here's me well, reporting yeah. into the ending, and I've already done everything, but... Um, yeah, so I'm close to finishing um, World of Final Fantasy now. The reason why I'm focused and trying to finish it as soon as possible is because a certain other Final Fantasy is releasing imminently. Bum, bum. And I want the to 29th, be ready for it. right? One week. Yeah. It's I, almost I'm here. Panicking, because if it comes in the post early and I haven't finished getting ready for it, I'm just going to sort of flip out. Yeah, well, what else can you do? Yeah. Well, I'll enjoy it. I'll be glad. But it's kind of like oh, yeah. the time when Gears of War 4 arrived for me in the post, I think three days before launch. And I didn't have an Xbox One yet because I was waiting for a certain edition to come out. So it was, yeah. you know, one of those, not double-edged swords, but it was just sour luck. You like to have your ducks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Or or your crystal creature things. Hmm. And I've got two demos to play and one movie to watch and, like, I don't know what else. So much pressure. Yeah. So much to do. Yeah, I I get that feeling. And, yeah, I'm totally with you. If Final Fantasy XV showed up on my doorstep tomorrow, I'd just be like, screw it. Whatever I'm doing, I'm done right now. Yeah. I got got stuff to do. That's, Mm -hmm. like, a major world event, you know? Exactly. (laughs) And if I don't finish World of Final Fantasy before then, if I don't wrap it up, then I'll drop it and I'll just Never forget return. what I've done. When I come back to it later, I'll, oh. I'll just be like, I have no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So. How many times have I done that? Yeah, yeah right. How about you, Ace? Uh, I'm still working through PlayStation VR worlds, trying very hard to get all of the challenges done. Um concentrating on uh, Danger Ball and Luge, which are probably the two harder ones in there. Mm-hmm. And and realistically, seemingly at least, two of your least favourite? <laughs> um, uh, Danger Ball's kind of growing on me a little bit. It's, it's oh. nice, but um, it can be a bit frustrating getting all the way to like the sixth round and then messing up something. Just because yeah. your your paddle or your head just doesn't quite register something, it's like ah, 
That's then, literally the worst. Yeah. When when whatever control instrument is not recording what you're doing, that is by far the worst. Yeah. It's even worse than glitches, like regular in-game glitches. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or um. Yeah. Or just uh, missing like it by a second or something on the loose with time trials. It's very mm. annoying. Crochet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know that feeling. Yeah. That. Well. Get those out of the way, and then I can. I don't think I think I've only got like two challenges left in um, London Heist because I enjoy that one so much. I it wasn't wasn't a pain to keep me playing it. I enjoyed it. Um, and then the um, um, you know, space adventure one, um, scavenger. Um, just a couple of things really. I think like go back and do sections faster. Do a section without shooting anything. Do a section where you um, hurl an explosive canister and take out so many enemies with it kind of thing. I so, hate those. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be a, a few attempts here and there, but um, I don't think that would be too bad. I think um, what I'm trying to get done out of the way now is probably going to be the worst. <laughs> well, that's good. you have plans for after that? Um, I really want to kind of get the last of Disney Infinity finished up out of the way long before uh, mm-hmm. they shut down the servers, but also all of the one-player stuff out the way is thinking about Lego Dimensions for this Christmas. So, nice. Like, I'm, oh, I'm not gonna. I want to get Disney Infinity long gone and out of the way before I dare start another. Um, what do Toys they call to life. Toys to Life. Yeah, that's a weird name, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a bunch of the. We did the. I think the first and maybe the second Disney Infinity. So we've got a bunch of random toys laying around and the cats love to gnaw on them it's awful <laughs> uh, so i've been playing uh dishonored 2 which so far is pretty good i haven't gotten very far um I, i'm not gonna say that i've been having the best time ever uh it's probably one of my least favorite games that i've played this year but whoa with with the caveat that i'm not a huge first person stealth person Okay. I like for for whatever reason they've just never clicked with me really. I hate to be I the love... uh, bearer of bad news, but Dishonored Two's genre. <laughs> yes, certainly. <laughs> um, and it well, so and it's funny because it's like ever since even like the original uh, Thief, you know, I I loved the concept and I really wanted to play it, and then I get like really anxious and you know freak out and i spend 10 minutes looking down a hallway before i do anything you know <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. and i what i'm trying to do is put that all aside and play dishonored not like thief but like dishonored you okay. know where instead of constantly retrying stuff because i got spotted the first time and trying to play without the powers and all that kind of stuff because there's a trophy for that I was like, you know what? I'm going to take all the powers and I'm going to sneak around. And if I get seen, I'm just going to kill everybody. And, you know, I'm just <laughs> going to kind of go with it and see where it goes and see if I have a good time that way. Uh, and then maybe get into the uh, more hardcore stealth elements when I've got a better idea of what the hell I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so far, it is a good game. So I guess that does say quite a bit about the games that have come out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played uh, the Morsel of Truth DLC for uh, Overcooked, which was a blast. Okay. 
Is that good? Because, yeah, you were raving about the the game before, and I was sort of, hmm, interesting. Like, yeah, like uh, it's more of Overcooked. It is, like, right at the outset, you, you talk to the Onion King, who basically... <laughs> He he keeps track of your adventure in the in the main game, and so talks to him and is like, oh well, you know something is out of whack, and we ended up in a strange place or whatever. You've completed the main game, right? So this shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> so it's like very subtly saying you should not be playing this unless you completed the main game, and the it's only six levels, but the six levels are fairly hard. Uh, ah. So. Yeah, the second level that we played was a nightmare, and we had issues with that. We retried it probably a dozen times before we managed to get it. And then the rest of them actually were pretty easy. You know, it only took maybe two or three tries to three-star everything. So, But it was a lot of fun. It was a good team. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny, because my wife doesn't play a whole lot of games, mm-hmm. so... But she's got. She does have great reflexes <laughs> when she play when the games that she does play. She's got great reflexes and everything. So, but yeah, I think we did pretty well. I know some people have had issues with it, and it is a very hard game. But you know, we just plop down and play, and we don't get upset about it or anything. And it's a good time. I, again, definitely, definitely recommend Overcooked. And if you play it and you love it and you want even more of that. The morsel of truth is a good way to go if you're up for that challenge. Mm-hmm. Does this DLC come with a price tag? Uh, I, I think it was four ninety nine for us. Okay, uh, American dollar, which probably means yeah. I was gonna say which probably means it's four ninety nine for you too. <laughs> yeah, that's DLC either way. Yep, yep. That was probably um, it's probably five nineteen or something ridiculous now because I've seen a lot of prices have been going up since you know what. Yeah, which you know what. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them when I was looking on um, the Gears of Wars DLC store, the season pass was forty one seventy nine, which is just a ridiculous price. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was previously thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That's still... Yeah. That's kind of crazy to spend, to spend that much mm. on oh, yeah, the so, season pass. Sorry, right, I didn't the, mean to derail in that way. I just... Was uh, about the price. It's uh, certainly there. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, I think the Gears Three season pass was also very expensive, or maybe there were two season passes, mm. or something weird like Gears that. Gears Three had the story DLC, and I think which was uh, hmm. better. But... Yeah, I don't really remember. It's lost to time at this point. Yeah, but yeah, that's still an insane amount of money to spend on a season pass, especially mm. to have it go up. As yeah. Oh no! I mean, it's supposed to go because, down. <laughs> it's only up because everything that was previously thirty nine ninety nine is now pushing up to forty one seventy nine. Like I've seen games that were thirty nine ninety nine launching at forty one seventy nine for just ridiculous reasons. So here's what you got to do, right? You know that whole polite thing. You got to throw that aside and get pissed off. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's why we got this problem. To be honest. Oh. Yeah. I guess that's true. I didn't really think about it that way. <laughs> You're right. part of the problem well, now. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I'm going to take my nose and stick it somewhere other than politics for a change. <laughs> <laughs>
right, so I guess that's what we've been up to. Not a whole lot. And similarly with the news, unfortunately, not a whole lot going on. Uh, but that's mostly because I think everybody is playing video games right now. Everybody has a pretty healthy catalog Good. or is trying to figure out what they're going to be buying or getting or whatever for the holidays. or So with the news, we have finally received the NPD numbers for last year. Uh, sorry, last month for October. Um, which vaguely includes some statistics about the buying habits of people last month. Mm-hmm. Um, of those notes, uh, there was a 20% drop in hardware sales compared to last year. But even though that happened, Xbox One hardware sales rose 8% and the Nintendo 3DS grew for the fifth straight month. I cannot speak. That's uh, I don't understand. <laughs> Why are hardware sales down when we've got three new consoles out? Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny because I was thinking that too. It's like, so hardware sales theoretically should include, you know, PSVR and things like that too. Oh, yeah, I didn't you know? think of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so okay. so you've got the, um, when did the uh, Pro come out? That came out this month, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, so but you do still have the Slim came out, um, the PSVR came out a couple months before either of those. You had the Xbox One Slim come out, mm-hmm. and hardware sales are down twenty percent, which is a lot. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, software on the other hand was up thirty six percent over October of twenty fifteen, which is interesting. I don't understand that either, considering how. A lot of the big hitters have been reporting decreased sales in this period. Yeah. Well, so I don't know that it's necessarily been decreased sales so much as lower than expected. Right. Um, I mean, several several sequels have underperformed. Um, right. like I should Titanfall. clarify that they haven't been reporting. It's that uh, some statistics have been suggesting. Just that's yeah. true. It has been a lot of experts making those claims. Um, though we did have, I think that EA did comment on Titanfall two selling lower than Titanfall one, mm-hmm. and then um, Watch Dogs two. Similarly, people have been speculating. I think that that has sold lower, um, but at least with Titanfall, I think <laughs> apparently EA is not concerned about that. Mm-hmm. They're they're into the long game and you know initial sales or whatever. Not a big deal. So, um, the top selling games for October 2016, you have, in order, Battlefield 1, Mafia 3, Gears of War 4, FIFA 17, NBA 2K17, Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim. Uh, I guess that's going to be just Skyrim and not the special edition? Because it's not listed as a special edition. No, Uh, I'd assume it's a special edition. Right, you would, so... Uh, WWE 2K17, Civilization 6, Titanfall 2, Madden NFL 17. I bet you that for the Skyrim thing, they're probably lumping both in, and that's why it's listed that way. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. So, unsurprisingly, sports games are in there. Uh, Gears of War 4 was <laughs> towards the top. Uh, Titanfall 2 is near the bottom, but yeah. it also came out on the 28th. So considering it only had, what, like three days to sell, it actually did pretty well. Um, okay. Hmm. 
Yeah, and then uh, Mafia 3 was in number two, which that was a September game, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, so, which is really strange. Uh, I'm surprised to see it doing so well. I didn't... Nope, nope, it was an October 7th release. Yeah. Regardless, I, I just didn't expect it to do quite so well. I mean, to rub shoulders with, you know, Battlefield 1 and FIFA. Hmm. But... I guess it's just the um, publicity. I was going to say, that's the one I actually remember seeing advertised on TV. Yeah, there was a lot of publicity for that one. Uh, There were commercials and ads everywhere. Um, I was in Tokyo, and they had, like, right next to a McDonald's, this gigantic, like, one, probably two-story mural of Mafia 3 on the side of a building. It was huge. Wow. So, even, even in... Japan, where I would presume that it's probably not a huge seller, they were still pushing it hard. So, which um, period is this for? Uh, October twenty sixteen. Okay, so that's okay. World of Final Fantasy didn't have a a chance to shine in that month. (laughs) When did it come out? At the end of October. Yeah, so it was in the Titanfall 2 area. Mm. But but it also, if I remember correctly, World of Final Fantasy is actually a PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? That's true. It didn't come, it didn't come out on um, Xbox. So it is, um, like other exclusives, it's a little bit tougher. Like Gears of War 4, you know, it only came in third, but it came in third for a game that's exclusive to a single console. It's not on PC, it's not on PlayStation, so... Mm. That's a pretty good showing. Yeah, that is better on their part. Oh, and... What's um, not on PC? Oh, no, that's not true. Gears of War 4 is on PC. Yeah. I was ah. just going to say. <laughs> hey, it's, hey, it's not my beat, so... <laughs> that's all right. Um, so... But I was then, thinking uh, of um, World of Fun Fantasy is not on PC, whereas Mafia 3 yeah. and Battlefield 1 are all on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a side note... Unfortunately, for those wanting Sony to win the console wars, this is the fourth straight month. The fourth straight <laughs> month that Xbox One has been number one in hardware sales. Console wars. Console wars. <laughs> well, you know, good for them. More consoles out there means more games for everyone. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not really surprised that um, the Slim is doing well, and especially with the regular edition going down in price but i also i mean having bought a slim uh i'm not particularly enamored i'm more disappointed so um i don't know maybe it's just me maybe that momentum will keep up or maybe um now that gears of war 4 is out of the way and quite underwhelming in many regards um and xbox as far as i can tell don't have anything else on the horizon um uh, Forza Horizon puns aside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, well. Yeah, as soon as I said it, it was right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm not going to say that Xbox is going to, uh, you know, stop being in number one, but I just kind of don't understand it. Yeah. Well, I mean, theoretically, October is probably going to be the last month i guess i mean they could do all right in november but december theoretically playstation should pull out it's actually got exclusives coming out 
So, but mm. they're not huge console selling exclusives either. Oh, well, actually exclusive because um, Gravity Rush was pushed. Yeah, that's that's gone. I don't. I hope you're not including the Last Guardian because that's uh, it's not selling any consoles. Yeah, no, not really. So, who knows? We'll see. Um, but again, you know, more consoles, more games. So, mm. we need something on the release list because there's not a lot there, is there, for December? Um, I'd say Microsoft, Xbox have got Dead Rising Four beginning mm-hmm. of December. Well, that, you know that, that could be quite. Popular. Oh yeah, that's I forgot about that. And that's actually that worth buying. Could be for. a beller. Yeah, that could be a stronger console mover than uh, Last Guardian. Mm. I mean, the people that would have bought Last Guardian that are still interested in Last Guardian probably already had a PlayStation Four anyway. So, mm. oh well. Uh, maybe some maybe. people are buying it for that 4K Blu-ray player. <laughs> maybe. See? <laughs> Big misstep, Sony. Ubisoft is going to move away from heavily scripted games. Um, okay. So, I believe it was uh, Game Industry was talking to the... Creative officer Sergey Haskow. I don't know. Um, perhaps, he mis- perhaps he misheard, and they said, "Are they, are they going to move away from heavily bugged games?" Oh, Ooh. Well, so it's funny you say that because their their thing they want their games to be anecdote factories. So, I mean, I think having the correct bugs totally helps create that atmosphere, right? I mean, did you see that time in Skyrim the guy got hit by the giant and flew into the air? Like, you know, that's some good quality stuff right there. Um, I saw um, this week um, Outside Extra were playing Skyrim Remastered on PS4, and they had a mod which was about drugs. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about drugs on the podcast, but they're fantasy drugs being eaten by humanoid cats, so I guess it's somewhat surreal. Yeah, um, but, um, yeah. I mean, the, it caused things to bug out quite a lot. There was a horse that went spinning, and so on. Hmm. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so he was talking about this, and he said, "For the next Assassin's Creed, the designers have created a system in which what I do not only has meaning just now, but also long term. My actions will change the world, which is mm. a big promise." And it's- Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Isn't that um, isn't that the premise of quite a few games? And Chris well, sounds like Mass Effect. One particular important series, yeah. That Mass yeah. Effect. But, We're allowed um, to talk about Mass Effect. It's cross-platform. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It is now. Yeah. Um. But didn't that did, did it deliver on that promise? Barely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. That that's a whole can of worms, and to some degree, obviously, they did succeed, and in others, they did not. So, so is that is a, that the holy grail? Do you think of consequential gaming? Because there was another one as well, wasn't there? A very popular digital game, Fable, um, which I think then did eventually come um, physical with the collector's edition. Um, um, uh, Life that? is strange. Oh yeah, I oh yeah, that's a, a schoolgirl with a camera. It. Yeah, and the time manipulation which was quite interesting fantastic game yeah but well, i was gonna um, i was gonna suggest um uh, what is it with the butterfly and the thing uh in, until dawn oh yeah 
it doesn't seem like they mean something in such a linear fashion. Like mm-hmm. it seems like they're trying to take their open worldness to another level. They want to like like they said, heavily scripted games. They're trying to create something that is smart and reacts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we'll see if that actually happens. Right. Uh, to some like- degree, I mean they have been sort of successful. Like mm-hmm. Watch Dogs 2, you can clearly see where they just give you all sorts of power and the world is kind of lively. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe they could actually do it, but it's a tall order. I feel like if we as ref- as gamers are reflecting on what they maybe are hoping to do there, or no, rather maybe what they're hoping not to do, it's um, the fact that a lot of the Ubisoft famous open world template is that you go out and you do something, but as soon as you drive five minutes away, it has absolutely no ripple effect. Um, so true. maybe they're trying to make it so more of the things you do in the open world have more of a lasting effect rather than just you drive over and then there's new AI and new everything. It's just definitely. And, um, and one of the things that, so right now watchdogs choose seamless multiplayer is broken, but one of the things that it's supposed to have is if you max out your wanted level, mm-hmm. the, the highest wanted level also brings in another player to hunt you down, okay. which is actually kind of a neat kind of, yeah, it's a little bit scripted, but it is actually kind of creating consequences beyond being chased by the police. Now there is something that will not stop hunting you until it kills you because <laughs> that's how that works, you know? So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I wish that Doc. it worked. It would be very nice if it worked. But. Um, so, big promises from Ubisoft. Other big promises from Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft will not charge for DLC that's part of the full experience. This, I think, was, again, um, game industry was sitting down and talking to them, and basically they were saying that uh, any DLC that is critical to the uh, full experience of the game will not charge. And the big um, reference that they were using was Rainbow Six Siege where they released DLC, but you didn't have to pay for any new characters or modes, necessarily. There were ways to unlock them. Within the game, you didn't have to shell out money. Mm-hmm. So that way, everything stayed together. But I guess, theoretically, they want to extend that to other games. A little bit nebulous, but I like the idea. Yeah, and and they... They feel so the uh, person talking about it was comparing it to like an amusement park. And it's like, so you pay for your ticket, you get in and you can have the full experience and you can go on every single ride and participate with, you know, all the furry people and all that kind of stuff. What? Um, what kind of theme and, park have you been going to? And and called Disney. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I told yeah, you. you can, you can mingle with the mascots and then you can in standing queues for like eight hours or you can pay extra for the fast track pass. Well, yeah, I guess that's kind of where that analogy breaks down. <laughs> but they, they were, that does make sense to... actually. No, I yeah. think that makes sense. Yeah. Cause he's saying here, you know, you can pay for customized characters or new ones. Yep. Yep. 
And and that is kind of, if I remember correctly, I don't know if Siege is still doing it like this, but originally that was kind of part of the plan was that you could spend money to unlock characters faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that analogy actually keeps working. But the idea was that you could spend money on merchandise and food and whatever at the amusement park, and that would enrich your experience, but it was completely optional. Yeah. Um, and so... Theoretically, I guess that's that's what they're going for. And they say that yeah, the firm must be very careful when it comes to monetization. So it mm-hmm. it is sounding oh, that dreaded word microtransactions, isn't it? And um, yeah. we've seen how how recently how some can kind of really milk that and make the gamers feel a bit uh, a bit oh, squeezed. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Naming mm-hmm. no names. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, it would be nice if it meant that we could get some. Um, some modes just dropped on us for free. Beast mode. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You can see that's the way a lot of um, developers are going, and it's um, to see how each one approaches it is going to be is going to be the deciding factor as to who ends up being hated developer in 2017 or um, mm-hmm. an admired developer that we all love and wish everyone else was like. Yeah, I mean, again, way to go, Ubisoft. For the most part. Yeah, you know it's it's tall promises and all that, but yeah, talk is cheap. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they 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 are saying the right things in this instance. So I suppose at least a good start. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, I I just sort of uh, this is kind of unrelated, but I was just thinking I can't. I don't know how many years we'll be running the podcast for, but I'll say it now because we might not be running in five years. But I can't wait for the day when. Uh, you actually get to say um, who's going to be the most hated in 2020 hindsight and you're actually going to be looking back at 2020. Huh? Time travel? What? Hindsight. <laughs> totally. Hi- you know how they say hindsight is 2020? Oh, I, ha- uh, I have to explain the joke. It's dead. But never mind. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I get it now. Yeah. I, I was going to be silly and say, well, what you mean when we do a podcast in 2021? Or... Yeah, if we do yeah. a podcast in twenty one, uh, twenty twenty one, we have to look back and look in hindsight, twenty twenty, <laughs> yeah. at how yeah. we did in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, you got there. <laughs> See, eventually. that was that was better than the actual sound effect. I'll, I'll stick with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need, uh, okay, we can find some better ones. See what we've got. Yeah. Um. So Respawn is apparently unsure if there will be a Titanfall 3. Um, I believe in this instance, it was Glixel was talking to Vince Ampella, who is basically the owner, director, whatnot of Respawn. And he said, we don't know yet. The game is critically a huge success. We're really happy with all the reviews and the positive sentiment. Sales, it's too early to tell. We'd definitely like to tell more of the story in the universe. I think it's pretty safe to assume that we'll explore more of it. EA might have announced more. I was going to say, it's not that the developer, isn't it? It's whether the publisher wants to uh, milk that some more. There's a question for yeah. EA, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and it's actually, it's really funny because the, the interview kind of closes. I think there was more after that that they ended up cutting back on. So it ends in sort of glorious fashion at that point. Um because he turns to the uh, publicist for EA and and mentions the guy's name. And the publicist says, 
what what we've said is we're committed to the franchise. <laughs> and so Vincent, <laughs> Vincent Bella's reaction is, so whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I feel like there's maybe a little bit of friction there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... I think he was, um, he was part of the comments about the problems of launching between Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty. The two biggest... Yeah. I was reading an article that included him mentioning mentioning that they didn't know when Call of Duty was going to launch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sitting there and I'm I'm reading it now now I can't find the quote. But I'm like, how did you not know when it was gonna launch? It launches the first or second week of November every single year. Mm. No, but my understanding usually, is usually that the for them, for yeah. um devs that are very much um directed by their publicists uh, publishers mm-hmm. um i think for them they're basically just told this is the date and then they just work with it oh certainly from what what i've heard so for them it would would have just been kind of a case of oh so that's when we're launching oh okay well that's rough <laughs> i think he was very polite about it at the time but you can imagine yeah. that that would really get under your skin after a while yeah, yeah um it was so the interviewer was um is it weird to have titanfall 2 come out so close to remastering modern warfare and he's, he says it definitely feels a little odd call of duty infinite warfare is from my old studio that i built and they're repackaging my old my old game that i built on, yes. a, brand, on a brand that i built so it's kind of like you're throwing it all against me okay i can live with it and then the interviewer says, on top of that, Titanfall 2 was released right after Battlefield 1, a historical military shooter, which is a genre you helped pioneer. And he says, if the question was, would I rather have this window to myself? Well, of course, I'm not foolish. I'm not <laughs> foolish that way anyway. In other ways, probably. <laughs> so again, it's like, in other ways, probably, is he trying to say, well, maybe EA is kind of screwing me over now? <laughs> I don't know. Might be a but, yeah. yeah, certainly he said nothing to that effect, but I could totally see where that's what he's yeah. talking about. He's, he's being very ca- clever with his words now, which is good good for his mm-hmm. career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, very much so. Um, he is a shrewd person, if you've ever listened to his interviews. He can be very um, blunt without saying very much like this <laughs> what he wants to say. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, and then uh, final news: we have uh, an Uncharted Four co-op DLC was just announced. Survival co-op. Sorry, yes, it's a survival co-op mode. I don't want to get people's hopes up too much. <laughs> right. Um, so survival. Yeah. Right. Um, except maybe minus the building stuff and the locust and the awesome uh, team-based gameplay. And zombies, and and zombies. Yeah, Sorry. isn't isn't that Call of Duty zombies? Oh, oh yes, mode, yeah. yeah. Classic, classic horde type modes of the age. Yes. Um. So it's going to be a wave based uh, game for up to three people. Um. Three. Increasingly powerful. Yes, you get to bring two people with you. That's an odd number, isn't it? Or does that fit in with the game story? Three. Three is an odd number. It's just what they used in previous games. I'm, I'm not sure why. I guess it's easier to balance with three than with four. 
and it probably makes it easier if you're um, struggling to find a full team if the team isn't based on five. I'm also just because it, that does make it very easy for you to play Nate, Sully, and Elena. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Granted, you're leaving Sam out in the cold, but <laughs> poor Sam. They should have added yeah. an extra one for this game just so they can shoehorn Sam in. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, they're saying you should feel pre- pretty much at home if you've played the co-op arena in Uncharted 2 and 3, yada yada. There are new powerful bosses, etc., etc. Upgradable arsenal, strategy, camaraderie, skill, 50 waves, 10 maps. Seems pretty standard. Is that is that new compared to the old arena ones? Fifty waves and bosses yeah, I think it was ten before. Um, so this is a, again a case of them homogenizing. But uh, as long as it doesn't take three hours to do the fifty waves, I'll be fine. <laughs> I was going to say, are are they gunning? It hasn't got new uh, t- uh, trophies with it, has it? Like uh, seriously, <laughs> it it probably uh, will have trophies. Um, it's hard to say because there haven't been any trophies for any of the DLC updates so far. But hopefully... Well, maybe not hopefully. I don't know. I, I can't tell at this point. If I say hopefully there's trophies and they're horrific, like all of the DLC trophies in 2 and 3, then I'll cry. But if they come out and they're great, like, say, Rocket League's first free patch, um, then I'll enjoy it and hopefully I can get find some people to play with because I so far haven't played... I've had Uncharted 4 since day one, and I haven't played the multiplayer with any friends at all. So it's yeah, a shame. Yeah, neither, neither have I. Uh, it's going to be a PlayStation experience, which is, oh my god, it's coming in what, like a week and a half? Two weeks? Ah. I think it's at the end of next week, right? Jeez, that happened fast. Um, So, you can check it out there if you're going to be there. Um, I think that rounds out the news for us. Um, so we're going to move on to the topic of the week this week. Um, for those of you that keep track of such things, it's going to be Thanksgiving on Thursday in the States. So I figured we would ask, which developer are you thankful for? Ah, that's why the question, I understand that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so which developers are you thankful for? It can be any reason just because they made your favorite game did a game they make have a significant impact on you or whatever for instance obviously i think we can say that we're all probably pretty thankful for miyamoto for making mario yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah, good question yeah and the legend of zelda and all that and basically revitalizing the video game industry so that it didn't die back in the 80s yeah Mm -hmm. okay solid Yeah, I'm I'm a huge Kojima fan. I don't know if you know this about me. I love. <laughs> I'm surprised love you didn't mention it. Then, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Right, heard about it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. And not and not mention the uh, publisher. <laughs> yeah, all right. Ex publisher. Ex publisher. Yeah. Messy divorce. Well, yeah. Uh, speaking of the publisher, I was just watching the Jim Quisition the other day, and apparently, uh, somebody was wearing a fuck Konami shirt. <laughs> And was traveling in Japan and was like taking selfies in front of the Konami building. (laughs) (laughs) This yeah, right. (laughs) This Christmas is popular. Yeah, Um, (laughs) only more popular than the TA um, hoodie. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, You know, 
the Konami of old, I think I could say that I'm thankful for that. I do love me some Metroidvania um, and obviously Metal Gear, but Metroidvania is obviously a huge thing. Oh, I was just thinking, do you want to slide into game developers who were once great? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Konami, Atari. Like Cap- Capcom, Capcom for creating Mega Man and Resident Evil. And right now they really suck. But <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to think Sega, um, you, you had a pretty decent console for a little while. You did the whole internet thing before everybody made it a thing. So yeah. thanks for that. They're um, brave. Your yeah. Sonic games suck now, but most of them, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the effort, though. I mean, at least you keep trying. It's still That's a lot true. better than what Konami's doing, <laughs> or Capcom, for that matter. <laughs> um, th- thank you for taking all of our our jabs. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, there. Uh, yeah, I I do love Mega Man. So KG Inafune. Even though Mighty Number no. Nine was not a particularly good game, thank you for creating Mega Man. Um, what else? Square. I love Final Fantasy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Was it? Was his name? Oh my God, Nobuo Uematsu, um, mm-hmm. the composer for a long time on the Final Fantasy series. Some of the best video mm-hmm. game music ever. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. What about you guys? Got anything? What What's your favorite game of all time? Who made that? Uh, that's too difficult. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. is difficult. Yeah. No, just pick one and go with it. I'm scrambling. I'm looking through my list of games, and I'm seeing so many that I like, and it's like a nostalgia trip. That's why I don't look at my well, list of games. <laughs> well, what about what about Ubisoft? Right, they did make Prince of Persia. Yeah. Right. I, I think did, that's fair. Uh, I think uh, that's thoroughly uh, close to my heart, Prince of Persia series, mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, what about all the developers who have fallen? Because I miss LucasArts and all their wonderful yeah. uh, Star Wars games, you know, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, and mm-hmm. the Force Unleashed ones were good as well on the consoles. Uh, thankfully, part. some some parts of LucasArts have survived and so you've got um tim schaefer is still making some adventure games and whatnot so that's good ah if you i'll give you two for developers that have fallen um one is ah, it's on the tip of my tongue uh criterion games uh oh, they're yes. technically still around well i suppose sort in of. some form ghost games i mean but yeah the latest need for speed i loathe and um the stuff that criterion proper has moved on to is um in a different genre so uh i mean they had that extreme sports game which they announced but then i believe had to cancel um so i mean it was good while it lasted so thanks for that criterion and the other one is um pseudo liverpool um uh-huh. i think that's the name is they went out about a year ago i think um the yeah. makers of wipeout hd and wipe oh. out 24-8. I think HD is perhaps the one that is the biggest shining example for me because you've got a 2008 game that runs 1080p60 and you've got yeah. a 2016 game that doesn't run 1080p60. So 
Fail. <laughs> Next uh, gen hardware doesn't run 1080p60. Like, come on. Yeah. That was a PS3 game in like 2008. Yeah. I've got two more, and one that I think to mention, but I don't think I've actually got any of their games. Um, so Valve, all of their wonderful contributions, including Absolutely. Left for Dead, Left for Dead Two, and for the love of God, and Half Life Three. Out- yeah, for the love yeah. of God. <laughs> one day. One day. 2021. Hindsight. Half-Life 3 and Left 4 Dead 3. <laughs> Come on, Valve. What are you doing? Stop having a holiday and, and do it. <laughs> and yeah. um, Traveller's Tales for all their wonderful Lego games. Because I, mm-hmm. I enjoy them. And they're good for the kids. They can enjoy grown-up films and themes, but through mm. Lego bricks. Yeah. The Lego games just seem so sincere. Yeah. That yeah. It's nice. They're comedic and and sweet and and yeah, sincere to the original IP, isn't it? It's it's really nice. Mm. But also designed for fun, right? Rather yes. Than yep. Designed for fun. Just there. pure fun. Um, some of the collecting's gotten a bit out of hand, I think, with like how many studs and things you get. But if you know what to do and get the right bricks earlier on, then it's not as bad of a slog if you do things in the right order and you get those brick multipliers. Or those stud multipliers. Otherwise, uh, you could be at it for a long time. I wish I wish they had some of those ones in the old ones. I've still got, I think, like the original Lego Star Wars or Lego Star Wars Two, whatever it was. And you still need to collect like a huge amount of studs in that. And they they haven't got much in the way of the multiplier bricks that you have in the later ones. So it is a real slog. <laughs> still need to finish that sometime. Yeah, I'd have to. Um, so. Good stuff on the on the Legos, and then I have to say thank you, Rocksteady, for proving that mm-hmm. uh, superhero games can work. Yeah, that's true. If we didn't have that, I don't know where we would be. Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham Asylum, sort of. Yeah, well, we we would still be without a good Superman game, well, but I don't think that's ever going to change. So, yeah, Superman what Superman game? game? Oh no, no! I'm getting horrible flashbacks of Superman sixty four. Sixty four. No, no. Oh, I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. I'm Sorry, um, but Wait. I mean, realistically, I don't think the uh, Spider Man game that's coming up—I don't think that'd be happening at all. True. Uh, good. Uh, Look forward to good that. that one. You mentioned that Insomniac Games Star yeah. Player. Oh yeah, absolutely fantastic variety of games you've got your uh sunset overdrives and your ratchet and clanks and mm-hmm. uh the resistance series mm-hmm. yeah i never yeah. was into resistance but ratchet and clank i mean like the lego games it just feels like it's made of love and you just play it to just have a good time on, on the superhero <laughs> yeah it's mm-hmm. gorgeous on the superhero theme and batman arkham knight mustn't forget of course the New um new edition in in a very long running successful series, Batman Telltale series. They've ah, just done yeah. so many good games. They just aren't they? They just they yeah. they definitely do. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, they are still pretty much the only people that do things quite that way. Um. Which is fascinating to me. I don't know that there is room for anybody else to do it at this point. Just Telltale. Um kind of figured out what they were doing they managed to hit it at just the right time and they grew fast enough that they managed to saturate the market so nobody could compete 
So they just keep coming out with these games and nobody else can really do what they're doing because there's just no room for them anymore. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I have to say thank you, Bungie, uh, <laughs> for making first person shooters on a console a thing. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, thank, thank them for I mean, Halo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I don't know that you would have something like Call of Duty really existing the way it does now if it wasn't for Halo. Mm. Yeah. I do like Halo, but I've always wondered why um, so much praise is lavished on um, Halo for that aspect. And I, I'm not um, uh, aiming against you on this because I've heard it from many other people. And uh, I do ex- understand it to some extent. But then I think of things like GoldenEye or... Um, Time splitters, and I just think, yeah, there are yeah. there were alternatives on other platforms. So. Certainly, um, yeah. I think I think it's more just that Halo really ended up getting it just right, mm-hmm. and that's why. I mean, when you look at the various other games, they were sort of stepping stones. Yeah. Um, I mean, realistically, when you think about it, um, well, okay, so it's a little bit tough. Like the way to play Goldeneye was to use the C buttons to move, mm-hmm. right, and then to use the stick to aim. If I remember correctly, um, that was even an that was an alternate control set setting, mm-hmm. um, but that really was like the first time where you separated out that sort of movement and looking like that. Whereas games before that, it was like this weird combination of like one stick allowed you to look up and down or whatever and you but it would also have you strafe and dumb crap like that (laughs) it's just like the most confusing thing so while those games were stepping stones i think halo was the first one to really just nail that twin stick function you know um so definitely obviously want to thank rare for making awesome games yeah (laughs) i mean there's just so many um uh, you know, Banjo Kazooie was so good. Granted, that wouldn't exist without Miyamoto. <laughs> um, yep. Any anybody else you guys can uh, think of? Uh, I was oh, uh, making a list. <laughs> Rockstar. Yeah. Right. Rockstar. You have to. I mean, the that's one of those things that without Grand Theft Auto Three, the world just would be the game industry would be completely different it's just that was one of those things that everything changed after that the when the fire nation attacked um Mm. no nothing (laughs) (laughs) an avatar the last airbender reference yeah 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 okay so it was just bad sorry (laughs) i was i was distracted my apologies i was uh, looking at my list um Oh, I did wonder where we were going with that one. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm just so overwhelmed thinking about how many game students I, I like and I'm kinda of trying to whittle it down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um not so sure about that. I mean Yeah, it is popular, isn't it? It's it's um like oh, I said, uh, I, I kinda of keep messing up on it. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing in it, but um and I think more of um, uh, like Max Payne and um, mm-hmm. uh, L.A. Noir and those other kind of ones that uh, I think of a bit more rather than, yeah. 
Ken Levine and Irrational Games. Yeah, That's some good stuff. Uh, right Bioshock uh, series. Yeah, uh, they started. He started, I think, leading on System Shock Two. Okay. Did and then went to Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, um, which are fantastic games. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. Uh, harmonics for Rock Band. Lots of uh, good times with friends. Yeah. I think I never really, I was, well, I never really played any Rock Band games, but um, between Rock Band and Guitar Hero, um, just the amount of fun people have had at parties, I think we can say the world is a better place. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think I, I did try that once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, uh, good times. Good times, yeah. Party games. And- and actually, you know, harmonics for Guitar Hero in the first place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Giving everyone an option rather than just a like, real guitar or an air guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a third. And then there was a yeah. third option. Toy guitar. Um, whoever it was that made DDR and started really that rhythm game craze. <laughs> I, I don't even know who that is. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, was it um who who makes the uh Tales of series? It's uh Ben no, Namco. Hmm? Uh, no, no, um Tales of. Like Symphonia and Oh that. Okay. I was thinking Tales yeah. of the Borderlands, sorry. I, no no that also complete is dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Borderlands is a good one, so way to go. Gearbox. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Like, I'm not ready to I don't like Gearbox yet. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's probably like, I was looking at my, my bookcase filled with games, and I was like, you know, I like that game, but I, I don't know that there's anything else that they've done that I've really been fond of. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, I suppose as much as we love to hate EA and Activision, without them, we you know, wouldn't have the warfare shooters mm-hmm. that we do today. Or I should say the same ones we got back then and we got today, just different skins on them. I mean, EA has done all sorts of stuff. You've got your Sim games, SimCity and things like that. Um, Firaxis, uh, you've got your Civilization games and all those. Your sports games, footy and all that. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm not going to personally. That, that does nothing for me, so probably not that one, but. There, I think there were four sports games in the um, MPD list, so they're obviously. Oh yeah, that happens kicking. pretty consistently every fall. Yeah, <laughs> I, same four. Yeah, series. I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I don't play much of those anyway. But it always, always dawned on me why couldn't they just release new DLC for it every? Because then they couldn't charge yeah. forty quid for it. Yeah, no, okay. forty-five, fifty quid for it. <laughs> yeah, but is um, is there that much new? I mean, obviously. When like a new generation of console comes out, then yeah, you can sort of take the benefit of the added power and all the rest of it. But when you're in the middle of a generation, then it, do, do they actually manage to keep coming up with new ideas to prove it, or is it just the fact that it's the current season and that seems to satisfy everyone to spend forty fifty on it? Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't really tell you. Um, I mean, all I. I think for a long time that has historically been the thing is, you know, just getting the next roster thing. And I, I think 
honestly, the people that buy that those series every year and get the newest stuff, I don't think the idea of updating rosters online just really matters. Yeah. It's like, so, I don't know. Maybe they don't get it yeah. every year. Maybe it's like mobile phone. Yeah, they upgrade every couple of years. Or something. No, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like Assassin's Creed, right? You get one new uh, gimmicky thing to make whoever move faster, and you get a new city, which is essentially the new roster. And there you go. Oh, true. Yeah. Though <laughs> so I, I think a lot more is put into that city than the uh, the roster changes. Yeah. Uh, I I would also have to thank the um, Game Freak people. Oh yeah. Um, for, for Pokemon, Pokemon. Uh, because really, really, when I think about it, Pokemon was the first JRPG that I ever played. Mm, it's, so it's such a brilliant my, my lifelong love. Oh yeah, my lifelong love of Final Fantasy and all that stuff uh, comes from Pokemon. Uh, so I think that might be it, unless you have, have anything else. I have sort Before. of finished my list. <laughs> It's quite long. Yeah, no. I think ending on Pokemon is not a bad way to go. Okay. All right. We can do better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So those are some of the developers that we're thankful for. Let us know who your favorite developers are and who you have been impacted by and who's changed your life and who speaks to you. Um, Releasing this week, we have... A bunch of games, but I really don't care about any of these. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a little bit, I guess. Um, all right. So uh, probably the biggest standout game on the entire list is the uh, single game coming out PS4 digital and retail, which is Darksiders War Mastered Edition. So it is a remaster of the first Darksiders game. Um, and I've heard nothing about how this remaster was, though I feel like I heard that the uh, Definitive Edition was not great. So mm. You'd have thought we'd have been done with the remasters by now. Well, mm. they're um, they're trying to generate more money because I imagine they probably don't have a whole lot to be making their next game, so... Yeah. Uh, I imagine that's essentially what's happening here, is they're trying to fund the next Darksiders game by remastering the first two. I think Ubisoft's doing that with Assassin's Creed as well. No, Ubisoft is just making money. Right. <laughs> they, they don't, I don't think they need to remaster stuff to make more games. I think they had... I think that they probably realized that the next game was going to take a little while, and they're like, you know what? We can squeeze something in there. <laughs> Um, PS4 Digital, we have Alchemic Jousts, Amnesia Collection, iZombie, Laser Disco Defenders, Samurai Showdown, which is spelled S-H-O-D-O-W-N, and then we've got We Sing. You should have read the Amnesia Collection twice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He did that, though, didn't he? Though I do have to say that um, Laser Disco Defenders did actually look interesting. Um, It's kind of a bullet hell game, but it's not just a bullet hell game. The more you shoot, the more hectic it gets because your shots ricochet. So you have to, as you're playing, 
you have to dodge enemy attacks and then you have to start dodging your own returning attacks. So it pays to be very um judicious, I guess. with your shots. Yeah. 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 Um there PS VR digital, you've got Gary the Gull. Oh, it reminds me of uh, Derek the Deathwing, yeah. but it's obviously not. <laughs> no, definitely not. It, it reminds me of Gary the Snail. Oh, okay. This is the game. Um, we got to get a SpongeBob reference, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, there's a SpongeBob reference in every episode. There's been twenty so far. Did you catch them all? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, there's Hollowball, uh, Proton Pulse, and Verzoom Arcade. That's a really strange name. Though I do like the Proton Pulse name. That, that's a pretty catchy title. And finally, PS Vita Digital. We have Iron Sea Defenders, Slain, Back from Hell, which I think must have released on PS4 a couple months ago, because um, that looks familiar. And then Stranded, A Mars Adventure. Mm. Yeah, uh, looking pretty uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> mm. So, uh, Laser Disco Defenders. If I had to pick one, I'd say Laser Disco Defenders. Okay. I just All think right. it's a shame that Stranded and Mars Adventure is not a VR title. That sounds like a brilliant match. Yeah, that does actually sound pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Could be your own um, Mark Watney. Um, I don't know what that reference is. Uh, the Martian. Oh, I see. Yeah. I was so thinking I was just... um, that if you uh, have played uh, Heavy Rain, the, uh, mm-hmm. the detective with the futuristic technology has these glasses that he can put on and it takes him to a, a sort of VR desk, which is on Mars. That's pretty cool. Hmm. You could pick the wow. background, couldn't you? I think, one, I think my one I chose was underwater or something. I need to mm. I need to go back and play that game, but they actually managed to make remote desktop look kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. He had a whole selection. How the latency is swap between. Well, it's funny you say that, but that looks a lot like the Hololens nowadays, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. significantly less bulky, I'd imagine, but well, yeah, not that bad. Not like um, yeah, PSVR. <laughs> yeah. Great. Or, um, yeah, the other ones, Oculus Swift and, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so, with those out of the way, it's time for trophies. Trophies. Mm-hmm. Top of the trophy yeah. pops, 50 most popular trophies this week, 8 p.m. on 22nd of November 2016. Well, the trophy chart hasn't uh, much movement this week, or increased in size. Um, uh, only one new entry. Um, so, starting at uh, number three, we have My Name is Mayo, Glam Rock, with 199 wins, plus 13 Aww. other trophies in the top 50. Not as dominant as uh, no. no. Yeah, that's true. Not as many um, trophies in there as presents, non-mover. Still, uh, still quite a chunk, though. Still yeah. about a third of it or so, I think. Uh, in at number two, we have a new entry, uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Well, I suppose you call it a new entry. It's is uh, yeah, a new entry. <laughs> entry. Uh, Birth of an Assassin, 203 wins, plus two other trophies. So uh, people I are think... 
just stalking I think that's, it. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, press button to trophy. Yeah, uh, trophy right there. It is, I think. Yeah. Uh, the stick. I think the next one is Enter the Animus. Is the <laughs> is the next one? Yeah. Um, out of the uh, out of the other two trophies in the chart there, and then um, still at number one, uh, Watch Dogs Two. Woo! Uh, this time now consuming vast amount of the uh, chart with thirty two other trophies, in addition to third times the charm, seven hundred nine wins. Yeah, I don't remember what that one is. So that means that uh, Dishonored Two has left the top fifty. It, uh, it uh, has it slinked away. Yeah, yeah, uh, In, into the shadows. Maybe it's, still, maybe it's still there, but it's just in stealth. Oh wow, that's very clever. It must be magical. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So as we can see there, my name is Mayo. Is is still is still clinging on. I guess for the. Easy trophies. It's mm-hmm. um, everyone's. It's going to be on everyone's card by uh, by next year, I think. Uh, Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I have not contributed to this problem. Uh, that <laughs> do you intend to? Or are you going to avoid it? <laughs> so that's one problem what? I haven't contributed to. <laughs> um, right now I've got too many other things to be doing. Yeah. Uh, but the next time I'm on a plane, maybe. Hey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see Assassin's Creed 2 back or is it slain uh... back from hell <laughs> <laughs> at least there's no multiplayer trophies in it there to struggle through yeah that makes it a little bit better uh, well, you know for all no, of... the first trophies were in Brotherhood right uh, multiplayer wasn't it uh, I don't know I honestly don't remember. But it, they're good games, good story, you know. Especially, yeah, especially Ezio and yeah. Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. Good stuff. As long as you don't mind collecting flags, that's all right. Well, I don't <laughs> think it was flags, right? It was uh, feathers. Feathers. On that one. Uh, uh, or both. I don't know. I thought it was still flags in 2, was it? Or was it feathers? Okay, feathers, yeah. Uh, oh, well, there were probably three other collectibles. <laughs> yeah. You reminded me that um, Assassin's Creed 2, I think, it literally begins with the birth of Ezio because it kind of charts his life. So that would be why uh, the birth of an assassin. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And um, so Watch Dogs 2 has um, taken over half the chart. It's definitely trending. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a really good game. Um, actually, if I can manage to get it done and slide it past Punky, I'm trying to finish up a review on it right now. Uh, right. Which, which is to say that I'm mostly positive. I've got a couple of issues, uh, not the least of which is the fact that the multiplayer isn't working. Um, but, but I'm trying to finish that up right now. I've kind of got it all together, so hopefully it'll be up maybe tomorrow alongside the podcast. I wonder how many games actually managed to get their multiplayer going at launch decently. Um, I would say probably most of them, because this seems to be a problem that happens almost exclusively to AAA games. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even so. if they have a beta, it doesn't seem to help that as much, does it? Well, I mean, realistically, how many of those betas are actually betas? A lot of them happen like a month before the game comes out, and there's nothing you can do at that point. You're 
the stuff you're using for your net code is pretty solid, I think, at that point. Mm. But not claiming to be an expert or anything. I just that seems like that would be a, a much harder thing to change at that point. You know, if it's like six months in advance, like if you look at Destiny, that's what they did. Six months in advance or whatever, they had a bit, an actual, they did an alpha and a beta, I think. Um, and so they had like six months to get things working or whatever. Mm. So the games that actually do have something resembling an actual beta several months in advance don't have issues. Yeah. So, you know, following the last few um, podcasts, there's obviously been a, a clear popular game around the release. It's just come out. Everyone's hitting those initial trophies, like you say, the ones that unlock either just by starting the campaign or the story or, yeah, mm-hmm. clicking a menu. <laughs> that's, yeah. um, that's a few levels worth or so. Yeah. But um, as the releases start to uh, maybe go quiet in December, we'll maybe sort of see it start to fan out and be interesting to see what uh, what's most popular over the mm-hmm. holiday period. Although hopefully we'll see Last Guardian in there to some degree when that comes out. Yeah, I imagine that'll that actually. I might... wouldn't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think that's more World of Final Fantasy tier. That that did make an entry, but it's fair gone immediately kind of like a niche game yeah yeah i think it might be it might actually manage to chart depending because i think you're going to reach a point where like there's not a whole lot coming out anyways so (laughs) things are going to mellow out a little (laughs) bit and then i think it'll be able to climb into the chart the chart will probably be not just three games it's probably going to be a little bit more than that (laughs) and I, i imagine it'll make its way on there for a couple of weeks until probably the holidays really start. You get Hanukkah and Christmas and whatever, and uh, and then everything goes to hell. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah, well, we should get back to about seven games on the chart that we had before, hopefully. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But, uh, I um, mean, it, it is from the TA, uh, the TT um, community, so that's slightly niche compared to like the larger PlayStation community. Yeah, we'll have to um, we'll have to take a look at the list after Christmas, and uh, we'll we'll have to see what TT says was the most popular Christmas gift or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that was it for us. Uh, it was actually a decently short podcast, and by that I mean seventy minutes. So that's got to be a new record for us in in recent memory. So. Way to go, us, I guess, a little bit. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you have anything you want to tell us, you can hit us up on Twitter, True Trophies, Brandfu, comment in the comments, PM us on the site. Um, what else? If you want to be part of the community interview, feel free to send one along. Uh, we are I'm starting for the next one, so hopefully that'll be up around Christmas time, uh, so you'll have something to read then. And hopefully I'll have a review up this week and time permitting, maybe something for just a, an editorial, something for this coming weekend uh, for Thanksgiving. So um, I think that's it. So we will talk to you soon. Bye. See you around. Yeah.